Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of Outnumber the Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to you about keeping your kids and yourself healthy in winter. This is a timely topic, being that there's been so much sickness and talk about sickness. So we're going to cover this topic in four areas. The things we do and don't do before our kids get sick to keep them healthy. And then we're going to talk about things we do and don't do while our kids are sick um, to help them recover faster. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. All right, so we are excited to talk to you today, today about how to keep your kids and yourself healthy through winter. Um, and we're going to divide this into a couple sections before and during sickness. And in each of these time periods, we're going to talk to you about things we do and things we definitely do not do. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think, well, last year we came up with this idea in the middle of winter because there's a lot of sickness going around. And then we thought it would be better to give it to you guys way ahead of time. So way before, I mean, we're talking about sickness all the time this year, right? But way before the, <laughs> the seasonal illnesses hit, hopefully we can be prepared and maybe this can even help out with this pandemic that we seem to be dealing with. So um, I wanted to share a little mom moment first before we got started about my oldest. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the things that we can do obviously to help keep ourselves safe, but sometimes you have to go get some professional help. Right. And as a new mom, this is a really, really scary thought because you don't yet trust your own mom intuition. So you don't know when you need help and when your kid's going to be okay. And with, you know, a lot of that comes with experience and, and some research and study, et cetera. But I remember when my oldest was just little, probably three or four months old, my husband was out of town on a business trip. And he got a really bad fever and he was crying and crying and he wouldn't sleep. And it was like the middle of the night and I was panicking, right? Panicking. I mean, his fever <laughs> was nothing ridiculous. It was maybe 101, maybe 102, but I had no experience with a sick child. I had no husband to help me. I, I had no clue what to do, right? So I eventually decided to call the, the after hours number of our pediatrician, <laughs> woke up some poor doctor at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was too terribly thrilled with me because I was like in tears myself. I'm holding my baby who is screaming bloody murder because he's uncomfortable. The doctor can't even hear me over the phone. And I'm like, what do I do? I he says, well, first of all, can you put the baby down somewhere so I can hear you? <laughs> Walk in the other room. <laughs> and I thought that was the the cruelest thing ever. You want me to put my sick baby down and walk away from him? <laughs> There's nobody else here to hold. Anyway, now I look back and I can see the humor in that. But at the moment, I was so stressed out, so worried. And this sweet doctor just said, you know, he's, I think he's going to be okay. Why don't you make an appointment in the morning? And of course, it was just some cold or something. But <laughs> we all have our moments of panic and that's totally okay. But hopefully some of the tips and tricks we give you today can help lessen some of that uh, mom panic that we might be lent, uh, might try to feel during those moments. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. First time moms, you feel like you've never, every, every time your child is sick, it's the first time you've ever been through it when the child is yours and you're like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. 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 
So in this episode, Bonnie and I are going to share a lot of maybe unconventional or alternative methods of ways to keep your kids from getting sick or things to do when your kids are sick. And keep in mind, we want you to keep in mind that um, we're sharing our experience with you. So I don't know about you, Bonnie, but the number of times I've taken the number of doctor visits I've had with my nine children in the 22 years I've been doing this, you want to guess how many times I've taken a sick child to the doctor? Oh, I know. I'm curious though. Zero. Seriously? Yeah. I've never taken one of my kids. (laughs) I've never taken one of my kids to the doctor because they're sick. And I'm like, I'm not bragging here. I'm not saying this to make you think I'm crazy. Although everybody probably thinks I'm crazy now, (laughs) but I'm just saying I'm sharing it because I want to give some weight to the things that we're sharing that we do like they might be, it might not just be luck, nine kids off 22 years and not having to take the doctor for sickness, but maybe some of the stuff we're doing actually works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, obviously, a lot of that is um, in your, your later years comes with experience, having seen it before and done it. But hopefully the, the tips we give you for what to do before illness hits can avoid help you avoid a lot of the junk that goes around out there. Around out there. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to also share maybe a little bit unconventional ideas about how we feel about a kid getting sick. Like maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a kid that's sick. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, And just a side note, of course, we are not medical professionals. You can't take anything we say as official medical advice, just tips and tricks that we've used um, in our own experience to help keep our families healthy. Um, One other side note I will mention right now is that I firmly believe that your mom intuition is one of the most important things you can cultivate as a mom when it comes to keeping your family healthy. Um, If you feel like something is not working for them diet wise or um, supplement wise, change it. If you feel like there's a sickness that maybe a professional has even told you they're fine, but you just feel really worried about get a second opinion, right? So your own intuition, I really feel is just one of the biggest gifts that you have. Absolutely. And we have a whole episode about mom intuition. If you're saying, what on earth are you talking about, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mumbo jumbo is this? That's right. Go look that Yeah. Up. Yeah. Okay. We're going to start with before they get sick, the time period, how, you know, how we basically how we keep our kids from getting sick. So things that we do to keep our kids from getting sick. Um, well, it starts with their diet. So for us, that means a diet that's high in fat. I seriously believe that fat is one of the best things that you can give to a kid because that's how their brains grow. That's how they're like keeps everything lubricated as their joints and muscles and everything is growing. A high fat diet is one of the best, best diets you can have for kids. Secondly is also a food tip and that is to eat organic wherever possible. Um, I think organic has a bad rap now because everyone thinks of it as um, just this hoity-toity thing that rich people do. But organic means there's no pesticides and garbage sprayed on your food. So if you want to avoid that, then organic is the way to go. And I know that sometimes it's more expensive and sometimes it's harder to find, but it really has lots of benefits for your family. Yes. The next one is raw foods. So many kids like raw fruits, apples, strawberries, and all that, but not as many kids like raw vegetables. But let me tell you that the more, the healthier you eat and the more raw vegetables that your kids get, the more that they like them. (laughs) And there's just something about um, cooking foods that 
can remove the nutrition's the nutrition from them. So the like really nutrient dense foods are the raw foods. Not talking about meat here, of course. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and a side note for that, if you are brand new to raw veggies and your kids won't touch them, um, there's always green smoothies. That's how we started when my kids were little and and I had a one child who was so picky, he wouldn't look at anything that was green. So we just blended it up and little did he know he was getting it. And then a little by little, I would let him see what I was putting in and Hey, it still tastes good. And, you know, and then try it outside of the smoothie, et cetera. So there's a, there's a way to get it in them. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Groomed smoothies for life. The next do for before you get sick and to avoid it is to drink water, lots and lots of water. For some reason, um, we have, we live in a society now where everyone is touting the benefits of milk, the benefits of juice and Yet water is number one always. That's what your body needs. Your body's like 70% water. If your kids have trouble drinking it, you can always try adding fruit. You can try, um, you know, making it cold, making it room temperature. Maybe they prefer it one way over the other, but the more water they get, the better. Yes. And I would add to this, just like, um, eating organic is better than eating regular foods because of all the pesticides they put on it. Drinking filtered water is better than just drinking tap water because again, things are put into water, (laughs) which you may or may not know. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they just get it from being in gross pipes too. So yeah, yeah, the quicker the water, the better. Yep. Okay. The next one on the list is exercise. Now, most kids have a tendency to just run around and move, but um, (laughs) maybe when they get a little older or something, they don't, they don't, maybe maybe they resist that movement and that exercise. So get the, get the heart rates up, get the blood pumping, blood circulating. You know, when your blood circulates is when it's cleansed because it goes through the liver and the kidneys and everything, heart, lungs. So getting exercise is definitely a must to keep healthy for kids. Okay. That's an excellent point. It hadn't really dawned on me that every time your, your blood gets pumped through your body, it gets filtered again. So yeah, one of the great reasons to get your heart pumping, right? Yeah. Um, and, and just a quick side note, everything we're saying here works for adults as well as kids. We're talking oh, yeah. a lot about kids, but a lot of my experience in keeping uh, people healthy comes from keeping myself healthy, right? So all these work yes. for us too. Um, the next one that I have is sleep. Sleep is so hard, especially as a parent, but for kids, sometimes you feel like you're just fighting them to get to bed. Um, but anytime their sleep is affected, their immune system will be affected. So the more sleep, the better. Okay. The next one is do a parasite cleanse. This is, um, we have a whole episode on parasites. (laughs) So if you want to be grossed out, no, if you want to be educated on a way to get your kids healthy, go listen to our parasite episode and research parasites, but we do a parasite cleanse in the fall, um, just to get rid of anything that's inside of our kids that's like leaching out nutrients and their health and to get them healthy going into winter. So we always do a fall parasite cleanse. And um, that way I feel better about spending money on good food and organic food and vitamins and filtered water and all that, because I feel like I'm not feeding it to the parasites. I'm actually getting it through to my kids. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. It's it's a good idea to do it in fall too, because I would assume your kids spend more time outside in the summer, which is also a great place to pick up parasites playing in the dirt, you know? Uh, next one on the list is a good multivitamin. So there are good supplements and there are bad supplements. There are high quality ones and there are low quality ones. So you definitely want to get it from a place that you can trust, like a, a you know a higher quality grocery store, like Whole Foods type of thing, and not just some random cheap one you found at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. We can both link the multivitamins we use for our kids in the show notes and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. All right. Next one on the list is probiotics. And this means, yes, good bacteria um, that you can buy and have your kids take a pill supplement or, you know, sprinkle a powder on their food. And this good bacteria is like boosting your immune system because your kids, um, it's like fighting, it's team members, it's fighting for your, for your health. Um, but also we like to do probiotic foods. So this means yogurt and kombucha and sauerkraut and beet kvass and any lacto-fermented foods are really high in probiotics. So we definitely stock up on those good health fighters in the fall and winter. Yeah, you know, I had never had kvass before I lived in Russia, and they mm. drink it all the time. And I actually quite liked it. It was a little unique, but I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I I started um, making it on my counter and drinking it for because I had iron deficiency problems. And um, yeah, it's pretty amazing for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to try that. Um, next is vitamin D, especially in winter. So a, an interesting thing is here in, in Phoenix, we get a lot less sun in the summer than most people because we don't, it's so hot that we don't spend a lot of time outside and the UV <laughs> index is like off the charts. So it's not terribly safe to sit in the sun for more than a few minutes. Um, so we actually try to get vitamin D, extra vitamin D, um, in those months because it's the winter when we're outside all the time. So anytime that you were not getting active amounts of, of sun. And that means like sunscreen blocks sun, you know? And yeah. so, um, if you're using a lot of that, you're going to need ex that extra vitamin D in your, in your system. Yes, totally true. Vitamin D when you're not getting enough sunshine. <laughs> okay. Next on the list is electrolytes. So boy, how do you explain electrolytes? Well, we can link the, <laughs> yeah, we can link the kind that we we use, but, um, my, especially my two little boys that are on the keto diet, um, need extra electrolytes. So this is just like minerals and electrolytes and things that just kind of get you like, okay. So I noticed that my little boys on the keto diet, when they start getting weepy or they're fighting a lot, that they're usually low on their electrolytes. So I'll mix them up an electrolyte drink and then they'll be just fine for a few more days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is actually one we should have included on the, on the during list because when oh, kids yeah. get, especially if they have a stomach issue and they're vomiting or diarrhea, you definitely want to make sure you're giving them extra electrolytes. Yes. Uh, the next one is probably number one on everybody's list and that's vitamin C. We all know that vitamin C is an immune booster. Um, and we tend to watch for those early signs of getting sick. And as soon as we see it, we just pack ourselves full of vitamin C more often than not that vitamin C knocks it out before we can ever get really sick. Okay, next one on the list is garlic. So garlic is a good immune system builder and fighter. Um, just incredible to, yeah, different kinds of garlic. And we will link the kind that we take in the show notes. Um, another side benefit of garlic is that it helps keep, like you get less mosquito bites when you take garlic. <laughs> oh, smart. Super yeah, smart, as you think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And in the, well, see, even when you take kyolic, which is the odorless kind, the, like the bugs still can smell it or sense like it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 A side note of garlic is, uh, I had a little one who had uh, ear infections all the time, nonstop and garlic. Uh, there's a, a special little combination of uh, olive oil and garlic juice that we created, um, that, would kill her ear infection every single time and, and wow. alleviate the pain. So it's, it's amazing stuff. So like I mentioned with vitamin C, we try to really pay attention to our body's early warning signs of sickness. So over the years, I've learned that 
if I sneeze more than twice, it means my body's coming down with something. (laughs) If I uh, am yawning profusely, it means that my sleep patterns are off and I'm probably going to be hit with an illness. If I am partying too much, so like watching out for holidays or parties where you're consuming sugar and not getting enough sleep, um, all these things tend to create the perfect storm in me. And, and I'll notice those little early warning signs and try to knock it out beforehand. And we can do the same thing with our kids too. When they're fussy, when they're cranky, when they're not getting enough sleep, when there's too much out of the ordinary or even stress for kids, right? Like a start of a start of a school term, et cetera. All these things can create the perfect environment for bacteria or viruses to grow. So I just put that out there because sometimes it's just being alert that will keep us on guard from these things getting really serious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one I have is change their toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah. So after they're sick, like, and they've been brushing their teeth, some of those bacteria and stuff can still be in their, in their toothbrush. So it's just after mm-hmm. sickness is a good time or, you know, before sickness, every few months, just switch out the toothbrush and let's get a whole new batch of fresh bacteria going. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, the back, like the toothbrush, toothbrush Petri dish thing here. Oh. So gross. <laughs> and I don't know how often this happens at your house, but I find toothbrushes on the floor quite often. I'm like, mm. are you serious? Who's mm. putting this in mm. their mouth now? Gross. In the bathroom. Kids <laughs> <laughs> are gross. Mm. Um, my next tip for before and preventing illness is diffusing essential oils. So the benefit to this is that it's both inhaled and keeps your body, you know, your immune system strong, but it also kills things on surfaces. So there's all kinds of different combinations we could talk all day about good essential oils. But um, if you do a little bit of research, you can find the best combinations to diffuse depending on what you're trying to to fight. Yes, we love essential oils. Okay. Another one I have for you is, are you ready? Get cold showers. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know, take a cold shower or at the very end of your shower, take a cold shower. And you know, Mm. the way I get myself to be able to do this now, it's proven to boost your immune system. It's to take a cold shower or to turn it to cold at the end. And the reason, uh, I don't know why, maybe your body's like, help, it's winter. I (laughs) (laughs) I need to boost up my immune system here. But the way I get myself, there's two visualizations I use to get myself to be able to turn it to cold at the end. One is I can always, I just tell myself, I can always turn it back hot if I'm really super cold and I can't handle it. So I can turn it back hot before I turn it off. And I never do, but that's just to get myself to turn it cold. Impressive. Yeah. And the second one I use is I pretend, okay, my kids and I have this thing where I'm going to go ahead and talk about it here because it is, I think, a healthy thing. So my kids and I have this thing where we love to go when it's raining and it's like an a nice gentle rain shower. We like to go dance in the rain. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a healthy thing because we're getting ozone straight from the sky being delivered straight to our skins and how healthy this is. And I love it. Um, And the kids always have a blast. You know, you're fully clothed, but you're soaking wet and they think it's awesome. Mom's getting all wet too in the rain. So anyway, dancing in the rain. (laughs) But I tell myself- that's your visualization. I'm dancing in the rain? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I tell myself, you know what? Just pretend you're dancing in the rain. Switch it over to cold. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that. You know, an Mm. interesting um, thought I had in regards to this is my mom uh, was a missionary in Spain. And there are some areas that are very, very cold in the winter. And of course, there's no central heating. They just have little space heaters. But people, at least when she was there, it was very, very common for people to stay 
dressed up in their outdoor gear inside. They would just leave their coat and their scarf and their hat on because inside it was almost as cold <laughs> as outside. And she says, I swear I never got sick in those cities in the wintertime. Yeah. And that maybe there was some truth to the, to the fact that changing between temperatures back and forth and back and forth was like weakening the immune system, being freezing and then going inside a hot mm-hmm. house and then going back out and being freezing. She says, we were mm-hmm. just cold all the time. So our body was like on high alert, always fighting. <laughs> I thought, huh, there's something to be said for that, I think. Although I don't know that I'm going to turn my thermostat down. I can handle that. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I feel like that's one way that I do um, – keep my build my kids immune system or keep them from getting sick is I keep my thermostat turned up high in the winter. And maybe I'm just saying this, you know, because it's a little comfort thing for me that I don't like to be cold in the winter. But I do feel like my kids get less runny noses and less sick often when I keep the thermostat almost, you know, 79, 80 in the winter. And people are like, wow, that's a lot. You have to pay for a lot of heat. Yes. But I'd rather, you know, have my kids warm than have runny noses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You get to go out and try it. Which one works best for you? <laughs> I'm not going to be trying the cold. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no. We're big wimps here. Yeah. We can't handle the cold anymore. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go on to things we don't do before our kids get sick. So we have a couple things here. Uh, number one is processed foods. So <laughs> If your kids' bodies and your body is spending a lot of its time and energy fighting or, you know, to digest these things that you're putting in its body, these processed foods, it's going to have less reserves to be able to fight off sickness when it comes. That's just one way processed foods isn't good for you is it redirects the body's energy into digesting this crap that you just ate. (laughs) Right, right. Not to mention the fact that it's most of it's nutritionally deficient, Ooh. right? Yeah. Yeah. Void of nutrients. So your body's already going to be lacking in some of the nutrients it needs. Yeah. Um, and right along li- those lines is sugar. We try to avoid sugar, especially during those times when kids are more um, prone to getting sickness. You know, I have this theory that winter illness starts right around October 31st and runs <laughs> through Thanksgiving and then through Christmas. Mm. Like, is it any wonder that it starts with this massive outpouring of sugar that we give our children for Halloween and then holiday, 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 junk, party, 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 party. You know, I just, I really think that that excess of sugar consumption really, really wreaks havoc on our havoc on our immune system when illnesses are at their worst. Oh, we should do an experiment and move Halloween to like July 31st and see if people got <laughs> a sick. <laughs> Actually, I could just do without Halloween altogether. <laughs> I know. I don't like that one either. I'm not um, a fan. All right. Another thing that we don't do before we get sick is avoid sick people. I know. I know. You're pulling your hair out. What? You don't avoid sick people? <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Now, here's where I'm going to sound like a weirdo, whack, health kook, granola, whatever, fill in the blank. Audrey's got it. Weird, right? (laughs) But I want my kids to get sick. I do. I believe that every time my kids are sick and their immune system has to rev up and fight it, that their immune system becomes stronger. So um, I do not avoid sick people. Like I don't try to get sick. And sometimes I'm a little bit strategic about it. You know, okay, we have this big trip coming up and I really am going to avoid sick people for the week before we travel or something. But other 
otherwise, I just do not avoid sick people. I feel like it's a part of my kids' health regimen to be sick and to fight it and to then to have a stronger immune system as a result. Right. I think that one of the huge benefits to being in a big family is that kids just get exposed to 10 times more germs than a kid in a family of one or two kids. I remember my first couple of kids would get sick all the time. We'd go to church, they'd get sick. We'd go to the grocery store, they'd get sick. And my current baby, who's 16 months old, has had a fever for one day and a runny nose for one other day his entire life. That That's it. Because I think there's just constant germ flow through our house. And his body's like, oh, there's another one I got to fight. Oh, there's another one. I, and he's just better at it. you know. And granted, some kids just tend to have healthier constitutions than others as well. But definitely a benefit to being exposed to germs that are out there. Yeah, especially in a big family when like baby cheeks are like the kissing, you, like you share all your germs across the baby's Everybody's cheeks. Everybody's licking right? his face. <laughs> like literally, my three-year-old licks his face. It's so gross. <laughs> Stop um, licking the baby. Yeah, one of, things I never thought I'd say. Um, and then the final one in the what not to do before your kid gets sick is uh, to avoid stress and overcommitment. So this is something that I focus on with myself, but also my older kids tend to... Uh, tend to need to watch out for this as well, especially the personalities that are kind of like mine, kind of a little bit overcommitters and people who like to have things just so, um, that stress really wreaks havoc on an immune system. And so if it's a, a stressful time of life for your child, make sure that you're going through that whole list of what to do and seeing if there's a way to alleviate, alleviate some of that stress or overcommitment. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right. So now we're going to move on to, all right, your kid got sick, probably because you didn't avoid sick people. Your kid is sick now. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you do? All right. So just, um, yeah, we didn't put these in any order. It's not like the first thing we do. We just put through all our ideas down on a list. So we're just going to, in no specific order, we are going to share our what things we do when our kids are sick. So one thing that we do is hot, cold therapy. And this is another one um, that, you know, people are going to think Audrey's just psycho, but <laughs> we, have a a little <laughs> we have a sauna and next to it, we have a tub where we put in ice water ice and water. And so when the kids are sick, they definitely go soak it out in the sauna and then switch into the ice bath and then go back into the sauna and then back in the ice bath as many times as they want to. And um, we feel like it's inducing a fever. So what a sauna is, is it's like you're inducing a fever, it's causing sweat and it's causing your body to just kind of hyperactivate and work on your sickness really, really fast. So you know, if hot, th- cold therapy doesn't kill you, it'll heal you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think how we could replicate that. Probably just go stand outside in the summer mm. and then come in in a cold shower. Yeah, that, that yeah you can that. also do it with hot, cold showers, you know, to switch, yeah, yeah, yeah. To switch it from hot to cold. Yeah, or a hot bath into a cold shower back, yeah. back and forth. Next one for me is this magical tincture that we use, and we will include a link to the recipe in the show notes, but it's the base is apple cider vinegar, and you basically soak a whole bunch of horrible things in apple cider vinegar, like garlic, <laughs> onion, lots of hot peppers, um, and you soak it for a couple of weeks, and then you strain it. You keep that residual that residual apple cider vinegar tincture in a bottle in your in your cabinet. And we have done this for the past year. And I swear every time we take this witch brew, (laughs) it knocks out whatever is coming, especially if we can get it early on. Like I said, when you see those, those warning signs in your kid or in yourself, we take a couple of tablespoons. It tastes like death. 
<laughs> it's horrible, <laughs> but it is so, so, so good. So that's one of my own personal, personal uh, tips that I will share with you guys in the show notes. All right. Uh, next, I'm going to mention a few specific vitamins. We did mention a good multivitamin, but a, f- a few specific vitamins to take while you're sick. Uh, vitamin C and vitamin D. Now, I want to talk about amounts on these. And um, I can't tell, you know, we're not doctors, so we're not saying, you know, take this amount or don't take this amount. But with vitamin C, um, you can take very high dosages of vitamin C. And basically, you can't overdose The only thing that'll happen is that you'll get diarrhea if you take too much vitamin C. (laughs) So this past winter when I was really, really sick, um, I took 10 to 12,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day. And you have to take 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C at a time to get it into your bloodstream Mm -hmm. and for Mm -hmm. it to be able to carry, carry to your, you know, organs and work good for you. So in my personal experience, 3,000 a time at a time and several times a day. Um, and yeah. And then vitamin D, um, most vitamin D, like the recommendations are way, way low. <laughs> like you can take way more vitamin D. Um, and what the way to take vitamin D is that you take, okay, so I'm going to say for an adult, for a child, it would be half this amount. So what I do is I take 2,000 IU of vitamin D for a week. And what you're trying to do is saturate your fat stores with that. And then you go back down to like a 1000 um, dose of vitamin D per day. You know, after that, that's like your maintenance dose, but to get yourself um, to get your fat store saturated with vitamin D, you have to do a, a higher dose. So that's my thoughts on vitamin C and vitamin D. Okay. That's fascinating. And uh, we can put those amounts in the show notes, right, Audrey? So if people are sure. curious, okay. So my next tip is to, when your kid gets sick, to focus on the child's mood versus their symptoms. So for example, um, let's say your child has a really high fever, but they're acting totally normally, right? They're hot, maybe a little bit cranky, but they're still playing. They're still walking around. They're still eating. Your, your kid is probably just fine, right? Versus a child that is super lethargic, super uh, sleepy, maybe vomiting a lot. You know what I'm saying? So that sometimes we get fixated on the symptoms and we think, Oh, my kid must be really, really sick. He has this high fever, but clearly the fever is doing its job because your kid is acting normally. In my experience, the illnesses that are more concerning are the ones where the child is really, really not acting like themselves. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. So that's just a little side note from some experienced moms that that you don't necessarily have to be super concerned just because this symptom looks scary. Look at your child's mood above everything else. Yeah. You know what I thought you were going to say when you had that written down was um, one thing I do with my kids when they're sick is usually kids get pretty negative when they're sick. Oh, I'm going to be sick forever. Am I going to die? You know, because they're feeling bad. And I usually try to get my kids to focus on um, like I have this mantra that I say to myself when I when I'm sick. I say, "My strong, healthy body can heal itself. My strong, oh, healthy that. body can heal itself." And so I'll have my kids say that out loud, and then I'll say, "You know, 
your body is strong. Think of all the things that your body can do. You can climb trees, you can swing on swings, you you know, when you're not sick. So think, think about how strong and how healthy your body is. And think about, you know, sunshine or think about laying in the grass and just try to get them in a positive, to think about positive things, because I do believe in the power of the mind when it comes to healing. Oh, I love that. I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it helps me feel better not to have listen to them saying that they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> oh. All right. The next one on my list is homeopathics. So we definitely um, notice a difference when we let our kids take home or when we give our kids homeopathics when they're sick. And we can link the, the two most common ones that we use are um, the cold calm remedy and the... Um, the one for flu-like symptoms, oxylococcinum. Those two, uh, if you take them as their... (laughs) I know, exactly. Uh, You know, funny story, my teenage daughter worked with me for like two months to get me to say that one right. So I had to say it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Uh, Those, so homeopathics are pretty powerful if they're taken as prescribed. Um, So those you don't want to do more or less than it says on the um, instructions because they're formulated to work exactly like they say. So for example, uh, one more homeopathic I'll mention is Nux Vomica. And if you have a kid that's vomiting and you feel like, you know, they're getting dehydrated and they're going to have to get electrolytes or whatever, you can give them Nux vomica. And um, if you give them too much Nux vomica, it, it, it will actually cause them to throw up. That's the way homeopathics work. Like, you know, Epicac, it makes you throw up if you've ingested something you want to get out. <laughs> so homeopathic Nux vomica is very good for kids who are throwing up. Okay. So my next one is to make sure that your kid's getting lots of fluids. So usually when they are feeling really sick, they don't want to eat anything. They just are kind of lazy and lethargic. They just want to rest. Um, but making sure that they're getting lots of water and if there's some vomiting and diarrhea going on the electrolytes. So one of my favorite ways to give them that just naturally is coconut water. So we love putting coconut water in our smoothies or just drinking it straight. Um, and then also bone broth is a great, great, great way to give your kid lots of nutrients when they can't stomach anything. And sometimes even with a cold, you're just not in the mood to eat, right? Um, So those are two really great options for keeping your kid uh, full of nutrients when they can't keep anything down. Yeah. One thing I have on my list is herbal teas. And along the same lines, my my kids kind of feel like they're being spoiled if mom makes them a cup of tea yeah. and they're wrapped up in a blanket, curled up on the couch and they've got their tea. Yeah. And then there's, you know, of course, medicinal benefits in the herbal teas too. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Next one I have on my list is elderberry, elderberry syrup. And we can link one in the show notes. That's a really reputable one, but this is, you know, kind of a before and during is elderberry really has powerful, um, sickness properties, anti-sickness properties. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't want sickness properties. Yeah. Anti. Uh, my last one on this during list is essential oils again, but specifically to ingest them. So along with my apple cider vinegar, you know, you can all, all obviously still diffuse them when there's sickness going around. That's a great thing to do. But along with my apple cider vinegar tincture is we create our own little caplet, capsules of um, essential oil combinations, depending on what we're sick with. And that just seems to knock things out so much quicker. Um, you just can buy the little empty capsules on Amazon or whatever, and then you can fill them up with your own, your own combination. 
Yes. Uh, essential oils are very powerful. One way that we use them with any respiratory sickness is we use um, like spearmint or peppermint or menthol, any of those that kind of clear out and get you breathing better. All right. The last one on my list um, for during sickness, and I don't think my kids know that I do this, is um, I allow them to eat, do intuitive eating while they're sick. So um, lots of times, you know, kids are sick and I'll say to them, it's not like, okay, you know, we've made this for supper and this is what you have to eat. It's more like, let me know if there's anything that sounds good to you. And yeah. uh, sometimes they'll have a request like, oh, I really want, you know, some avocado with a lime squeezed on it. That just sounds so good to me. And then, you know, they'll get that because their body is telling them that that's what they need. So oftentimes that's what I say to my kids when they're sick. Please tell me if there's anything that sounds good to you and I'll get it to you. Because, um, you know, the, using food to heal the body is really powerful. I think if my kids knew I was doing this, they'd be like, oh, mom, Skittles, ice cream. <laughs> they would take the major advantage of you. I was going to say, how do you make yeah. that work at Southern Nurse? Just not. If it's not a hot fudge sundae, nothing will do. Sorry, mom. Yeah. yeah. No, but you know, when you're sick, you don't want a hot fudge sundae or Skittles. Right. You, you right. want, if you listen to your body, it'll tell you exactly what you want. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Okay, so moving on, our last list is the the don'ts during a sickness. This list is shorter, just like our list of uh, what not to do before sickness, but a couple of important ones. Right. Okay. Here's the crazy Audrey again, but something I don't <laughs> do when my kids are sick is take their temperature. I don't even own a thermometer. Well, you're lucky because all ours break anyway. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I may not own a thermometer because my oldest child bit one in half and I had to dig the mercury out of her mouth. <gasps> I mean, I might be traumatized, <laughs> right? What a stinker. <laughs> but the reason I don't take my kids' temperature is because I can tell if they have a fever or not um, just by putting my cheek against their cheek. And mm -hmm. I like to exactly what you said, focus on their mood rather than their symptoms. And if I know they have a 100 degree fever, I'm going to be freaking out and feeling really bad and saying, oh, well, should I do this or should I do that instead of just focusing on their symptoms? Um and I, I pretty much know when it's time to go get some cool washcloths and, you know, start cooling them down. But I, again, believe, like I believe getting sick is good for kids. I believe that a fever is good for kids. Like when you exercise, what happens to your body? You get hot. It's hot. Yeah. Working, right? So when you're sick and you have a fever, that's good. Your body is working. It's fighting this. That's, that's part of this, you know, my strong, healthy body can heal itself wow, your body's really strong. It's, it's hot. It's working so hard. So I don't take their temperature and I don't use fever reducers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so last thing on this list is hand sanitizer. <laughs> and, use it at, oh, go ahead. And then Audrey and Bonnie were tar and feathered and chased out of town. <laughs> I know. It, this is like the most unpopular opinion ever because, you know, everywhere you go nowadays, there's a gallon of hand sanitizer at the entrance of every store mm -hmm. and every restaurant. Um, and, and we're going to go ahead and let you guys do your own research in regards to this. But hand sanitizer kills and it kills everything. It kills good and bad bacteria. And, um, you know, if you want a fun little story, we can link to that episode where Audrey talked about her child getting drunk on hand sanitizer, but it's just, <laughs> My a, personal year old. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's just a personal preference. Um, we just think it does more harm than good. Yeah. After I spend all that money on probiotics, there's no way I'm going to kill them off with hand sanitizer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So final thoughts. I've been kind of, you know, tongue in cheek about how whack I am, but I do want you to remember what I said at the beginning of this episode that in 22 years of parenting nine kids, I've never taken a kid to the doctor for being sick. I do believe in the power of the body to heal and in the power of the things that God gave us in creation to heal the body. And so that's why I do what I do and don't do what I don't do. So take it or leave it. That's Audrey's uh, list. (laughs) Yeah. And we're by no means saying that you have to do all these things or not do the things that we don't do, but a couple of them are just kind of there to spark your curiosity and get you thinking and researching more, bringing those into these into your kind of sickness repertoire and, and um, making some changes so that hopefully you can avoid some more sickness this winter, especially during this crazy year of everyone being terrified of, of COVID. So hopefully this can bring you a little bit of peace of mind. All right. The final thing I wanted to share is that I think um, we have shared this on a Patreon episode, but um, our family, all 11 of us did have coronavirus this past um, this past winter. So we went through that. And that's one of the reasons Bonnie and I decided to push off this episode until the you know fall this year um, was because our family was just so sick. If you go back and listen to those episodes in um, early 2020, you can hear that Audrey was sick and struggling. And do um, some when I tell some people that we've had coronavirus, and you know, we've been through COVID-19, they're like, Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry, you had to go through that. But I am not sorry, our, our family went through that. Uh, each of us went through it. Each of us fought it. And um, we used a lot of these things that we're talking about here, especially the high doses of vitamin C was one thing that really pulled me out of it when I was at the worst. And um you know, this, I believe that our immune systems are stronger for having fought this. Like this is a huge um, marathon, sickness marathon that we went through and our bodies are stronger because of having fought it. Um, our immune systems are ready for whatever's coming next. I, I really do believe that, that I'm glad that we had coronavirus and that we went through it. And, um, and I, I just, yeah, I, sickness isn't something I avoid. And while it is heartbreaking to see um, some people dying and having such a hard experience with COVID, um, it was a good experience for our family in that um, we believe that we're stronger because of it. So in our experience with coronavirus, we had it um, before 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 it was here, quote unquote, before it was here, before it was recognized that it was here, but we can directly trace um, contact through my husband's work to Wuhan, China. And so um, we know that's how we, where we got it. And um, we have antibodies now. If, even if we had gone to the hospital at that point, it wouldn't have been recognized what it was and they wouldn't have. You you probably would have just infected more people. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, it wasn't capable, they, like they didn't have something to fight it with the hospital. So we just fought it at home with these things that we've been telling you about and, um, and, and survived. And we're, you know, we're very, we're thriving now. And, and um, it's, it's been a blessing in my opinion. So if you have more questions, like you want to email us um, at outnumberedpodcast at gmail.com, um, we can answer more specific questions about like our family's experience with coronavirus, but we um, we do definitely recommend everybody stocking up on vitamin D now in summer. Spend lots of time in sunshine and and get lots of get your bodies ready to fight it. Build your immune system so that whatever 
your family encounters next. Maybe it's not coronavirus. Maybe it's something different, but that your immune system, your bodies are strong and you can fight it. And, and that's the way we like to, that's the motto that we operate under. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Hold on one second. Go away, please. I'm recording. Go talk to Kasia, please. If they know I'm up here, it's all over. Um. <laughs>